0: Uh, to Tea with Mike episode number 28. Uh, Joining me today is uh, Tammy Cunnington. Uh, Welcome to the show, Tammy.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Uh, So today's tea fact of the day is uh, there is an estimated 1,500 different types of tea in the world. And that fact comes from um, factretriever.com. When did you first start becoming interested in the world of swimming?
1: Um, I didn't actually start swimming again, like I swam as a child, and then I didn't swim again until um, around 2001, 2002, when I decided to compete in a triathlon, and at that point, it was just for, you know, purely just for fun, I was just, you know, getting fit, this club at the gym I was at was doing a first-time triathlon club, so I joined that group and started swimming, and I could only swim backstroke, and so even though it was you know, a lot of the races were open water. I still swam backstroke, and then um, as I became more competitive, I went from doing sprint distance to Olympic distance, and all the way up to half Ironman distance. And then they started talking about putting para triathlon into Rio, and started thinking, well, you know, i kind of been the grassroots um, starting of it in Alberta for para para athletes, so well, this will be my one chance to do. You know, go to the Paralympics and compete in my sport because I love triathlon. And then it was about 15 months or so before Rio that they decided only certain classifications were going to be put into Rio. So in Parisport, we're in numbers basically, so that we race against most like that. And mm-hmm. was full, so I wasn't going, there was nobody in my group going to be allowed to compete in Rio. And so from that point, so that was sometime or like October of 2014. And um, you know at first I just thought, okay, well, that's my that was my last chance for a Paralympics. you know, I'll just continue racing for fun or whatever. And I had hired a swim coach for triathlon, and she said, well, let's go to one meet just swimming and see how you feel if you like it. You yep. it. And um, so she taught me she had been teaching me a little bit of freestyle because it's harder for me with my left arm, but so we had worked on freestyle for, parts of the triathlon like for sighting and for finishing and uh she said let's go to this one week so i went and my times were like right on national standards and that's wow that's incredible (laughs) and give it a run so that april of 2015 i qualified for world championships and um, parapanem games and then the following april i qualified for
0: And uh, for, for the 98% of people that have never been to an Olympics game or, or, or competed, how, how would you describe that feeling of being introduced on uh, the standing block right here in the National Anthem?
1: Um, well, I never got to hear the Canadian Anthem, oh, okay. they say your name and your country, but um, but yeah, it was very surreal my first race that I came out because you know, all the pools look the same weather you know, whichever Paralympics it is, they're all, you know, they're so done up and they look so different than a regular pool because they're all fancy for the games. And uh, so coming out on the block and having the maple leaf on my chest and on my cap and my name on my cap was, it was very surreal. And you see your, you know, see yourself on the big screen when you're sitting there waiting and yeah, it was, it was spectacular. <laughs> uh,
0: uh. How how many races did you compete compete in at the Olympics again?
1: Uh, I raced in four races.
0: And and did you feel the same level of excitement each time, or was it it the initial burst of the first race, and then it's like, and now the additional three races, now you're like, it's all about swimming, block out the environment?
1: Um, For me, it was actually taking in the environment because it made it better for me okay I I got really ill in Rio I had just about had pneumonia so very like I was suffering and I wasn't swimming well not how I wanted to swim and uh, so I needed every little bit of energy I could take uh, from the crowd and the Canadians were you most of them were all sitting in one section so you know we knew where that was when we went out on the block we could look up and get some motivation and inspiration from that group so I felt it felt it every time I I, and because I wasn't um, performing the way I wanted to I wanted to at least um take in the rest of the experience so I really tried on the block to still be like hey I'm still at Paralympic Games It took everything I had to get here yes or not (laughs) I'm going to celebrate this so I tried to take in that excitement each time
0: that's awesome because because the illness could have like easily taken you down right you might and have had to withdraw, and then it's all this work, and then the moment that could might not have happened, right?
1: Yeah, and it still made it. It definitely took away, a, you know, a bit of my experience. I was, you know, trying to salvage what I could.
0: Um, so, so um, have, you, have you have you done a lot and uh, much traveling uh, through through okay, competitive uh, swimming?
1: I have. I've. Um, Um, since 2014, I don't know, I, I traveled a lot prior to swimming, so I don't know exactly which countries are for swimming or not, but I've been in around 42 countries. Wow. From 2014 until 2018, I, I traveled almost every six weeks. I was rarely home longer than six weeks at the time. And I competed in, you know, in, um, Berlin and Italy, in the UK, in Rio, um, throughout the states and across Canada and yeah oh I went to Australia last summer with the team oh that's good so I've had a a good chance to go many places that I hadn't been yet (laughs) awesome um
0: now obviously from reading from the outside like obviously different sports sports have different amounts of uh, funding and stuff is it challenging to uh, get funding in your uh, particular discipline
1: um, I think in all para sport, it's difficult to get funding. Um, we have uh, typically, like we, we can get carding, it's called, from the government. And I had that for 2015, 2016, 2017. I, anyway, for three years or so. And then last year, my, uh, my time fell just under the standard to get that carding. So I lost that um, to get private funding and sponsorships. Is, is really challenging unless you have a gold medal. <laughs> it's harder to get, to you know, to be recognized and to get um, that level of sponsorship without those medals.
0: So for, for sure. So so how did the opportunity, and um, we'll, we'll switch it up a little bit, how did the opportunity come along for you to start doing some uh, public uh, speaking and, and that sort of thing?
1: Um, I've actually done quite a like done a lot of speaking throughout the years even before paralympics oh, okay at different times and different different areas and different topics and then i didn't really start to focus on it until uh 2015 2016 um, when i started to be asked a bit more and, and i do love it it's one of my passions besides sports and so um, i started to really uh, focus on make building that trying to build that career for my retirement a little bit and get ready to have still be able to be in the sport world <clears throat> I retire uh, but in a speaking side instead of instead of
0: uh, are you hoping to still combine the two or are you or or just uh, public public speaking or do, you, do you want to do any swimming coaching that sort of thing
1: um I haven't fully thought about it um I'm doing I am doing some kind of mentoring I'm an ambassador with a group called fast and female and they work to encourage girls to sport because they drop out of sports at a crazy high rate compared to boys.
0: Oh, really? Okay.
1: So I'm, I've been volunteering with them and been taking part in their activities. And I'll be speaking at their summit in November. And so for the moment, that's kind of where um, my path is taking me more than coaching is just to be, rather than sports specific, just to be in that mentor, mentor role model role um, for young girls.
0: And, and you may have already kind of answered it, but what, what's your, like, favorite, most favorite part about public speaking?
1: Um, well, I like, I like to make people laugh and to see the <laughs> light. So, um, you know, even though, like I said, I've had I've bad days and it's not been easy, um, you know, being in a chair. I like to tell stories so that maybe I can make somebody's day that, that I'm talking to. Maybe they're having a bad day, but if I tell them something that's happened to me that it might change their outlook and so I often share the story that you know if you, it was two or three years ago I was at Costco and it was really snowy and my chair slipped when I was putting it out of my vehicle and I fell over and hit my chair in my stomach hit the snowbank, <laughs> Oof. and I was so pissed because I've been in a chair for this long and I was like these things shouldn't keep happening or shouldn't still be happening yeah that I sat in the snow and had to like shed a few tears, and then I was like, "Okay, well, I still need groceries, so yeah. <laughs> I'll Go, and so it gives everyone a good laugh, and then also makes them be like, "Oh, well, I was probably out there that snowy day, but I didn't have to worry about pushing my chair through it." Like, for, from their point of view, so um, I just like to share those those kind of like real life moments so that people can can see what others face, and and uh, and not to not to lessen their bad days are their worries but just to give them some camaraderie and like some yeah like I know what you're feeling
0: <laughs> good nice um so uh so um have you yeah uh, so, so I know you've been to the at uh, the Paralympics today have you had did you get, get the opportunity to check out some different sports and watch other athletes compete? pee
1: I didn't watch a lot of competition but I spent time with athletes from different sports in the village and um, because I played basketball previously, I knew some of the wheelchair basketball players.
0: That's awesome.
1: So I, you know, had time to check in with them and see how they were doing. And I knew uh, some of the goalball players and the coach. So, so yeah, it's it's really interesting being at a multi-sport event because then you get you get the chance to share the good and bad, not just with your group that you're with every year, but with a wider group of people, and you get to support a wider group of people. So. We're all there wearing the same uniform and and uh giving the same <laughs>
0: yeah yeah um, that must actually be quite cool because you, you got people that have been through some similar struggles coming to to, to, to one spot to both celebrate and, and and reflect on like how far they've come
1: absolutely yeah
0: Uh so, so obviously, yeah, you're, you're very athletic, like do, do, do you have do you have a strict regime when it kind of comes to like diet?
1: Um, i I uh, don't have one that's been in like in place by the team or by other people, but just um, weight trainer, my personal trainer, and I have a food plan that we know works and keeps me performing my best, keeps my energy up, my weight down, all of those things. So, um, this past year, because I was away from the from the national team and just kind of taking time to work on my own like work on swimming on my own and correct some mm. of the things going well the last two years uh, I strayed just a little bit but typically I'm pretty pretty strict about what I eat <laughs> oh
0: so there's not, there's not much opportunity for a quick chocolate bar or all that sort of thing well
1: I have uh, I often I have enough calories like every day or two for a small cheat Um but it's not. Would never be a whole chocolate bar. <laughs> <laughs> Cut into for one of one piece a day.
0: <laughs> nice. Uh, oh. Um. So, so I, I know a little bit because I was watching some previous like interviews. You do do do, do you have a do you have a per- permanent coach or do you, do you go through cycles? Like I when have, you have a coach and when you don't.
1: I have a permanent coach again now. Um, she was, she coached me, Mandy Smith was the coach that got me to Rio and then she moved from Red Deer to Vancouver. So I had a different coach for 17, a different coach for, and then another different coach for 2018. And then this past season, even though she was in Vancouver, I went back to working with her and she wrote my workouts and I went out and spent, you know, a few days with her. She'd be home into Red Deer. I'd spend a few days here and now she's back working in Calgary. So. um, Oh, it's a little closer. Yeah. So for these few months into trials, I'll I'll have her nearby. I'll see her at least every two weeks and spend some days in Calgary training her. Now, now,
0: now how how many times a week do you swim right now?
1: I swim six or seven swims a week. Um, sometimes twice a day. So I I don't swim every single day, but um, oh
0: okay.
1: I swim twice, and Sundays I usually have out of the water.
0: Now. How often do you like, sw- swim at a time?
1: Um, I swim for about an hour and a half at a time. And then, again, like I said, most days just once, once in a while, twice. And when I swim twice, it's a little bit shorter each time.
0: And, and do you go swimming like super early? Because I'm, like, I'm envisioning like 6 AM.
1: I don't swim at 6, but I usually swim at 8, 7.30 <laughs> or 8. <laughs>
0: And then so and then so so so, so what, are there some big like championships coming up for you to work towards for swimming?
1: Um, the next goal is Tokyo, which is our, okay. which is already next summer. Um, so currently, in two days' time on my, uh, next week, next Monday, CC um, World Championships starts for this year. But I declined that team um, because I just wanted to be home and get ready for Tokyo trials. That was the most important. And um, so, the the next big, the biggest meet will be April, which will be trials.
0: So that's really what you're focusing in on, because you need to do well at the trials to get to to the Olympics, correct?
1: Absolutely, yeah.
0: And have you? What's your favorite type of? like swim stroke outside of the one that you competed
1: um it changes all the time but um now it's doing uh, my favorite event is the im which is the individual medley and for my classification it's 50 backstroke 50 breaststroke and 50 free and I, so it's 150 altogether and i prefer that distance because i'm not really a pure sprinter so the 150 gives me a little more distance to get my heart rate up and get going a little bit more
0: so you you say as a swimmer you you're stronger in in the technique versus speed. Yes. <laughs> nice. Uh, what, what what is what what is some things that you do to kind of like relax outside of sports and uh, public speaking and volunteering?
1: Um. My husband and I like to do a lot of activities that aren't. They're still active, but not necessarily my sport. So we like to. I like to downhill sit ski, but I haven't done that for a few years because I don't want to get hurt when I've been competing high level, <laughs> and so uh, I've stayed off my ski. But um, and just I love to be outside and hang out with my dog, and I read a lot.
0: So lots, so lots of different things. Is it not quite challenging, like skiing?
1: Yes. <laughs> it took me a long time to learn to sit ski. I did a lot more crashing before I actually started skiing. <laughs> nice.
0: So, 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 so I guess there's another thing. Um, what advice would you give to people that are nervous about uh, trying something new outside of their comfort zone? Because you've obviously done a crazy amount of stuff that most people would consider with the circumstances to be outside of your comfort zone.
1: Um, there's just so much fun to be found in something new. Like, I've gone whitewater rafting, and I had my brother. There was a cliff dive when we went whitewater rafting, a cliff jump, and uh, I I wanted to go, so my brother piggybacked me up and chucked me off it. And really, That's awesome. yeah. <laughs> so it just there's just. Uh, there's too much fun to be had that you don't know about if you stay in your comfort zone so there are too many too many things like two years ago we were in Maui and paddleboarding with the uh, humpback whales and That's they crazy. you feed away from us in the water and so if if you say no to anything like that you're missing such amazing opportunities so I rarely say no to anything <laughs> nice.
0: Have we written any books yet? Because there's a lot of good material to go into a book.
1: <laughs> I haven't, but I keep being, yeah, being um, recommended that I do. So as I as I get closer to retiring or do retire, then I will probably look at it.
0: Also. <laughs> awesome.